I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get a drink of coffee first. Really need a cup of coffee. Pour me up a cup of Joe. <laughs> Very appropriate. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Cranked and Ranked. And uh, for those of you on YouTube, welcome to uh, another uh, of what will probably continue to be video versions of uh, our episodes you actually get to see us finally um, for those of you who do prefer listening to podcasts don't worry because we're going to continue releasing them as podcast episodes because they're long form and i realize that some people like digesting this long form stuff maybe in their car or while they're at work or whatever the fuck you know um so uh so that that won't end but for those of you who yeah. prefer youtube you now get an added bonus of uh seeing us and um so yes cranked and ranked uh podcast if you're new it's a podcast where we rank rock and metal and sometimes other as you saw last week related shit um and today we're back we're back into the world of metal we're back into the world of thrash metal we're we're wrapping up this is the the final of the big four that that we're ranking today we've done the other three now yeah so now uh, we wrapping it up with one of my favorite bands of all time in my top five for for sure. Uh, we're going to yeah. be doing the discography of Anthrax, and uh, this is going to be a two parter. So today is part one of the Anthrax ranking, and um, as usual, it's brought to you by me, Stephen, or Old Head, and with me as always, Mr. Eddie Sparks. Hello, sir. Yo. Yo, you're you're getting your real your 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 intros are getting really understated. Yeah, I'm 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 working on something. I'm working on something big. Oh, okay. You got to come up with like your own catchphrase. You yeah. know, like a Well, well it's, it's later, dude. That's my catchphrase, but it only ever happens like right at the end of the episode. <laughs> well, you got to create one for the beginning of the episode too, and it can just, you know, you can just why don't you just do that thing <laughs> from Wayne's World 2. I'll be like, you know, "Hello, sir." And you'll go, "Hey!" <laughs> 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 I'm not handsome, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so uh, yes, welcome to this episode, and um, I'm excited about this. Now, for those of you who um, have watched shit on my YouTube channel, you do know that I already did a ranking of Anthrax probably two years ago, I think, at this point, maybe more. Um, but I have to say that uh, from coming from me, you're going to get something a little bit different because those rankings that I did on my own, those were pretty much 90% personal taste. Um, mm. Cranked and ranked, I try to fit right in the middle, taking personal taste and taking some sort of objective view um, on the albums and and how they fit in the discography and the, how they work in the story of the band, all of those things. So this is not going to be the exact same ranking. In fact, in some ways, it's going to be very different from the ranking yeah. that I did previously. Um Plus, it's just more fun because you know when Eddie's here, it's it's always a party. 
So, you know, <laughs> so, um, as we, uh, normally do, we, we start off by talking about where we came on board with the artists that we're talking about. And I've ta- I think I've told this story three or four different times on, in separate videos and podcasts since I started, but I'll, I'll briefly you know, talk about it. So, um, it was night, the beginning of 1990, I believe. And I was in the sixth grade, I think, you know, details are sketchy and my, you know, my old brain doesn't really have all the details down, but, um, <laughs> I just remember there was a girl in my math class. I don't really remember her name, unfortunately, but, uh, she was a girl who was into rock and roll and metal and stuff like that. And awesome. uh, so, so was I, but I was very new. So sixth grade, like, I think, you know, I was still, you know, into, you know, guns and roses and, and, uh, and I was really into faith no more in the sixth yeah. grade. Um, so I, I was getting into heavier stuff and, you know, branching out. And one day she shows up and she lets me borrow two albums on cassette. Uh, the first one was the debut album from Trickster, which, um, at the time I didn't give two shits about. I like it more now because <laughs> I like that 80, 80s cheese rock kind of shit, yeah. which they did. Um, and then the other one was State of Euphoria. Uh, and, That's a and, jump too in style. Like those are yeah. polar opposites. <laughs> I almost, fe- I almost feel like I don't know if those were hers or if she borrowed them from somebody. But if you look at the artwork of both of those, they seem like they should be similar because they both have yeah. very cartoonish-looking, you know, uh, covers. Um, but needless to say, I put on State of Euphoria and my mind was blown. Like yeah. the, the, it was the, it was the, it was, it, it's like, it's like fucking Marvin Barry called me up on the phone and he's like, you know, that new sound you're looking for. <laughs> and it's, Listen and it, to was, this. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it was thrash metal. I'd never heard anything quite like it. And it, and I've, that's been my thing ever since just the sound of that. So whenever I think of thrash metal, I think of state of euphoria and anthrax. And then very quickly I became a very huge anthrax fan and that has lasted for the rest of my life, and I'm still a very huge fan today. Uh, where did you come on board with Anthrax? Mine was mine was getting into this band was a very gradual process for me because um, I'd kind of I was deep into Metallica. I, I dabbled in some Megadeth when I first started hearing about all the big four bands, um, and then I got really into Slayer. And then I was kind of spoiled by how heavy Slayer was for quite some time. So I was yeah. kind of like, I, it wasn't so much that anything, anything lighter than Slayer was wimpy. I was just deep into that really heavy thing at the time. And yeah. then eventually Megadeth really caught my ear and, and I got deep into them. But for me, Anthrax, they have a distinctly different you know, East Coast kind of vibe. So that yeah. took a little while to click with me because I was in, I was more into the Californian bands. But um, eventually, it's weird though when you when you think about it because you would think that if the, if you if you were dividing up bands and the, you would say one of these bands has a more lighthearted approach, you would think that'd be the California band, yeah, <laughs> not it's the strange, New York band, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the um. That that's my thing. Like I was like semi into Anthrax. Like everything I'd heard, I'd liked, but I'd not got to the point of a deep dive. Although I will say, uh, I'd heard Indians from Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock at the time, okay. and Madhouse is in GTA Vice City. 
So I knew those two, and I knew they were fucking great songs. Yeah. Then I saw them live supporting Slayer. And oh, what was this? Yeah, this was uh, this was six years ago. So I was I just started college, uh, November 2015, and okay. I remember being I remember being really on edge. This is kind of a dark dark turn to this, but I remember being really on edge the whole time uh, because like the uh, Eagles of Death Metal tragedy had happened days before. Yeah, okay, okay. And like, you know, that massive terror attack, awful, awful thing happened. But I, I distinctly remember walking in and the lights had projected the French flag onto the curtain when nice. I walked in. So that, that image is always kind of burned into my like memories of it. And I walked in and I was waiting, you know, for, for Slayer to come on. I was like, oh, cool. I get to see two of the big four in one night. Then Anthrax hit the stage, and I gotta say, like, Anthrax kind of worked the crowd better than Slayer did. Like, yeah. what I remember of it, like, more, because I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm seeing Slayer. Then Anthrax hit the stage first, and I was like, oh, shit, I have neglected these guys terribly. So I went home, and I'd actually picked up a couple cassettes, funnily enough, from like a a little tiny record shop. It it sold like miscellaneous things like old games, old CDs and stuff, but they had a tape shelf and uh, persistence of time and attack of the killer bees were on cassette. And I was like, well, I I can't walk out of here being me without that. So I I got it and uh, I brought it home and I put persistence of time on and I thought, holy shit this is awesome you yeah know? so that's a good first album to hear of theirs really well that's the thing i'd heard i'd heard all of um among the living and i thought it was great oh okay but, all right all right but, but yeah for, for me it was just like every couple years i'd hear a whole anthrax album and think oh shit that's good yeah and then another couple years would happen and then i'd be like oh my god this one too now i i've it's been a gradual process, but I've I have enjoyed every single second of my very on and off dalliance with Anthrax. <laughs> Sweet, cool. Well, uh, well, I guess you know this will be it'll be it. You know, as it is sometimes with our rankings, it's interesting because I've kind of like lived the Anthrax discography, starting with Persistence of Time. When I first got into them, Persistence of Time was the new album. Yeah. Um. So from that point on, I kind of got to go for the ride of what what they were doing um whereas you like you came in on board i guess at that point worship music had already been out and joey was already back in the band yeah so um so you you caught on at that point so this will be an interesting ranking for sure um so let's let without further ado i I say that every time and um (laughs) i don't it's just you know there's certain sayings that people say and you just always say those sayings and yeah. it's almost like it's just it's just in your brain and it comes out and it's like, well, why is that there? Why can't I think of a better way to say that? Anyway, I don't know. It's just a, <laughs> it's it's just strange how some sayings become a thing that you say. Yeah. Um, I don't know where, where I'm sorry about that. You know, that that won't be <laughs> that won't be the last tangent, I'm sure, of weirdness. But uh, let's go ahead and start with our ranking. So today is going to be so we're doing the twelve full length studio albums. So yeah. we're not doing Attack of the Killer Bees, unfortunately, which I love, but that's a compilation. 
Um, and we're not doing any EPs. It's literally just the 12 full-length studio albums. So today is going to be the bottom six, 12 down to seven, and then we'll wrap it up next time with the top six. So uh, let's just get right on it with Mr. Edward Sparks and his number 12, the, 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 the bottom of the barrel of, uh, of Anthrax albums. Okay, so my bottom of the barrel Anthrax album is The Greater of Two Evils. Okay. Co- uh, cover, covers I'm, album. Well, I mean, not, not covers. Oh, that covers of their, of own, their own songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the John Bush era playing a, a big old set of Belladonna and Turbin era songs. Yeah. Um, I ain't doing a track by track for this one because I'm, I would just be retreading <laughs> this, the exact same songs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I'm not, a, I'm not really a fan of bands retreading their own material, like save for maybe a song or two with a big change or maybe to improve on like a demo quality recording or something like that. Yeah. But I'll, I'll give it to them that you get to hear a set list of, like classic era, quote unquote classic era songs with John Bush on vocals. Yeah. The performances are great, but the whole time I'm thinking I'd rather just hear the originals. Uh, but if this were a live album, totally different story, because then you would have an in the moment, um, really cool crossover kind of show where the John Bush era, like lineup doesn't play any John Bush songs and they, they yeah. do a old school set like that would be cool, but I'm just not a re-recorded from the ground up kind of guy. You know, whenever, if, if ever it comes on shuffle and it's like a re-recording, I'm like, ah, uh, skip like, <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's my bottom. That's yeah. my bottom pick. Also my bottom knew it. We matched up for our number 12, but um, no, if anyone knows anything about me, you would have known that this album would have come in uh, last. Um, just because not only do I not really, it, most of the time I don't really enjoy covers albums, but it's even worse when it's just full-on re-recordings of songs that are already great. Um, yeah. I get the point of this album. I, I understand, and I understand it was, you know, it's fun. And if you're one of those people that prefers John Bush over Joey Belladonna, it's probably great. But I have to say that out of all of these albums, the other 11 albums, I love these albums. This is the only one. Like, I have a crazy Anthrax collection of vinyl and other shit. I I can tell. I will never buy this album. I will never buy it. It is really hard to get through for me the songs just they've lost so much of their energy in these versions yeah and john bush can't sing joey belladonna songs i'm sorry and um i mean he can technically he can sing them and it's fine i have no problem with john bush i like john bush's voice yeah um but the one thing that i've always had a problem with is him doing older Anthrax songs. I remember when he first joined the band and they did a lot of older songs as well. And I was always like, well, hopefully one day they just stop doing those. But it, it, but it went the other way around where they started doing more of those and less John Bush songs. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and the, the, my biggest gripe with John Bush and uh, is that 
his his the tone of his voice is great. Like yeah. he has his own he has his own unique sound and I and I it's very pleasing. My problem with him vocally is that a lot of times he has trouble hitting the right notes, so he's flat or sharp a lot, mm. especially live. And um and you can see him struggling even with some of his own songs live, you'll see him struggling to sing the songs that he sings. And I'm like, okay, well, clearly he pushed himself to his limits in the studio and, you know, he can't, he, he, he can, he can do a good enough job live where it doesn't, you know, completely sound like shit, yeah. but it's not realistically sustainable night after night. Yeah. The point I'm trying to make here is that, uh, w- Joey Belladonna is an amazing vocalist. Yeah. If you prefer John Bush, that is literally just an opinion. That is, there's no, they are, one's a great vocalist, one's a good vocalist who has his own style and is very enjoyable. And hearing him do these songs every time, I just go, John, you're great, but no, this is, I, <laughs> this is not, it's going to be a no for me, dog. You know, it's, and so, um, I never want to listen to this, and I listened to it again for this for this episode, and I and I, it, it hasn't gotten any better. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the songs, like they play them at a slightly slower tempo, and I know that they're older dudes. Well, this was in two thousand and four, but I mean, I know that they're older dudes, but I don't know. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just, it's one. It, it, it's hard. It's hard for me to 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 do this part because they're one of my favorite bands ever. And once we get over this album, your <laughs> yeah. my demeanor is going to change a lot, um, even with all of the John Bush era stuff. Because I'm a fan of all that stuff too. Yeah. But this is just this is the yeah. bummer. It's a bummer of an album. Um, but I get I get it. It was fun. It was fun to do. Some fans really enjoy it. And I'm not going to say that they're wrong for enjoying it. I'm just going to say that I absolutely do not enjoy it. Um, so that's why it's my number 12. So uh, quickly moving on so we can get into to positive land, although I don't know how positive you're going to be about all of these albums, but I, but I for sure am going to be. Um, so uh, let's move on to number 11. Well, I want to state that this is, from my research, a very controversial choice, but I will, I will say... I have a lot of positives on the flip side. There are okay. actually, when I look at the list of albums I have before me, there is very little genuinely bad moves I can I can see. Like you get the odd yeah. thing here or there. It's like, why'd they do that? You know, but aside from that, this is I'm a lot more subjective than you when it comes to our comes to our rankings. And so for me. My number 11 from 2011 is Worship Music. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah. So, so this one, to me, I, I, I was kind of going into it expecting one thing, and I, and I kind of came out of it having had another. And the way, yeah. it, the way it opens, like, I'd seen people talking about it as if it was a thrash record, you know, that they would say they returned to thrash Belladonna's back. They're playing skank beats again. And they're, they're doing all the fast <laughs> shit. And it, when in actual yeah. fact, there's only like, there's only two songs on here that I would genuinely call a, th- a thrash song. The, re- the rest of it's kind of like in the middle 
of the Belladonna thrash kind of thing and the grungy John Bush kind of thing. They kind of meet in the middle and do this modern, I want to say modern radio accessible metal kind of thing, even though there are moments where they step away from that. But yeah. um, I'm a I mean, it's important to, you, you have to remember too that the bulk of this album was created with a completely different vocalist in mind. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's, that's also part of it. That's, that's the thing, like looking at it now in retrospect, maybe this, maybe this album will grow on me. Uh, mm-hmm. So you get, you get Worship, which is just a cool intro track, then Earth on Hell ripping thrash opener. You know, it's even got fucking blast beats in it. The, the, great opener set the bar really high right out of the gate yeah um then you get the devil you know a groovy rocker like i say feels like a john bush type track with which is literally what i suppose you would say you know belladonna on top of it then you get fight until you can't strongest song on here in my opinion uh fucking killer thrash riffs in it i actually i, I asked you whether or not they had like repurposed an old riff or something because it sounded so authentically classic. Um, this song's sick. Um, I'm alive. Now the, the riff in this song reminds me of, uh, kind lust by Ramstein. It's the same kind of pattern. They, they play like a slightly different variation on it, but, um, unfortunately at this point, the album had already kind of peaked for me and I was like, I was ready for another thrash one and another thrash one didn't really come because the the rest of the album goes down a much more middle of the road, melodic metal kind of, kind of route, which, you know, for some go for it. But yeah, first you get the hymn one, which is a little strings interlude, which is cool. Um, Now in the end is is very inspired by their modern peers. Like when I think back to 2011, this was that sound, you know, it, they, those big choruses where they've kind of got the, I, I kind of call it alter bridge syndrome where every band heard alter bridge and was like, that's really cool. But because due to the nature of modern music and how accessible stuff is, when everybody heard Alter Bridge, they do an Alter Bridge-esque thing, and it sounds exactly like every every other thing for me. So, so like, here's where here's where I've I, I've saved myself. I don't know what Alter Bridge sounds like. Um, wow. Number one, number one, that's one of the worst band names I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> is it an altar or is it a bridge? It's a, it, they might it, it might as well. They might as well have called themselves asking Alexandra's bridge or whatever. <laughs> it's like, what is the, what is the thing with these awful band names these days? Like that's, it is. That's the thing. I, I will like musically alter bridge are really good, but they, I feel like is that the, X, is that X Creed? Is that that band? Yeah. But they, they step their game up. Like, um, okay. And, I mean, I've, I've never heard them, so I don't know. That's the thing, Miles Kennedy, killer killer vocalist. I find that a lot of bands. Oh, is heard... he that guy that sings with with yeah. Slash? With Slash sometimes. He's oh, a guy. Okay, 
Yeah, I literally know nothing about that band. So now I'm I'm learning right now on an, on the Anthrax episode. <laughs> <laughs> that like that. This is the thing for for me personally. I really like Alter Bridge and what they do. But when I hear mm. so many modern hard rock bands now, they're all doing Alter Bridge with a different singer. And it, interesting. It can kind of to me it feels like a textbook example of doing that thing that um, Phil Anselmo talked about. Like back in the day we would have 10 influences and bands these days only take like two. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) that's what set pan fucking terror apart from all the other bands. And it's like, (laughs) I I totally see what he's talking about because you get, you get bands (laughs) that'll say, what if we do an alter bridge type thing, but have a soul singer over it or a punk singer over it? Because that's what I hear in a lot of modern granted it shows are influential, but you know, I could be completely, I could be thinking, could could it just be that it's all just watered down metal? And that's why it all sounds the same. Cause I hear, I, I've heard, I've heard a lot of these bands and the problem that a lot of them have for me is that it sounds uninspired, watered down metal. They, they go a little bit too reliant on the radio rock kind of format. Like it's got it. But, um, alter bridge now nah, that they're, they're cool in my book, but, um, it's it's kind of the the glut of bands that came in the wake that I kind of call the Alter Bridge syndrome. This, this is an interesting perspective on this because like it, I I don't obviously I don't listen to a shitload of of modern hard rock and metal bands and the little that I do here clearly I don't like. So when I so when in this particular case like I thought you know, in the end is an amazing song to me, but I don't have anything. It doesn't immediately go oh they clearly were listening to this band, which sometimes that does happen. Sometimes I can clearly hear an influence on something, but in this case it just totally wasn't there for me. Yeah, and that that that's the thing it, again. I want to state I love Anthrax. I like Alter Bridge. I think that both bands <laughs> incredibly talented. I I just think. That at this point in in music, I was hearing a lot of modern bands doing this, and I think I kind of made that association where I was like, "Yeah, yeah. It, it it kind of it's kind of like that meme of uh, I can't remember what show it's from, but it's the old dude dressed as a kid, and he's like, "Hey, fellow kids," and yeah. um, that's even that may not even be what they were kind of going for, but. For me, th- this album. I mean, knowing has a- knowing them, especially knowing Charlie Benante, like he listens to a whole lot of different shit. Yeah, and and I'm pretty sure that they were probably real tight with some of those bands, maybe even Alter Bridge. Yeah, you know, and so you, those kind of influences. Well, we've talked about this before, mm. where like you know sometimes bands are just influenced with the music that's going on around them, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're trying to rip anybody off. It's just you know you start to really get into this. Oh, this is great. And then it comes out in your songwriting because honestly, yeah. if, if what you're currently being influenced by is, uh, is atmospheric goth metal. And then you come yeah. back to your album and you're like, well, we got to make this uh, a thrash by the book. Cause we're a thrash metal band. Mm. Then that is, that to me is worse than selling out. Like that True. is literally, that's sell, that's selling out to what, you think your fan base expects as opposed to you as a band being honest with who you are. And 
that's one thing that I will have to say about Anthrax and a lot of my favorite bands is that there there, there are always bands where I feel like they just kind of did what they felt, whether or not it made anybody happy or whether or not it was borrowing from whatever was going on at the time. Um, I'm not trying to make excuses for for Anthrax on this particular album because I do agree. Like one of my big gripes about this album at the time was that it sounded too um, like they were trying to cross over to the Young Peeps at the same time. Yeah, that that's um, my that's my kind of big thing with it is that some of the parts on it feel very oh they heard some metalcore and they maybe had a vocal harmony here or there that you would hear from those sort of bands. The, the, the one thing that they, Charlie and Scott kept saying in every, every interview for a new album, I would hear starting with like the early two thousands, they were obsessed with talking about blast beats. Like they thought that's what made them a cool metal band again. (laughs) So every single interview would be like, this is like the heaviest thing we've done. We've got blast beats on it. I'm like, shut the fuck up about blast beats. You don't need them. The songs that they have blast beats on, they're unnecessary. (laughs) Most of the time, most, most people don't do blast beats the right way. Charlie does it good because he's an amazing drummer, but they, to me, they always stick out like a sore thumb. Like, why is that there? (laughs) So, um, so so there, so there absolutely was an element of them trying to figure out how to fit in with everything, with the fans that they had, with the music that they were currently into, you know, it's 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 got to be fucking tough being a a a big ass band that everyone's you know gonna put your shit under the microscope like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, I th- I think for me this album I was kind of told it was dude this is classic Anthrax you got to check out this it sounds ju- sounds just like sounds just like Among the Living and it's like n- no. <laughs> it doesn't no, no no it doesn't yeah like that that's the thing I, f- I feel like when it happened you just had belladonna fanboys were like oh my god he's back that would be like i was, I was one of them <laughs> that, that would be like if all of a sudden david tennant was the doctor again for me like i i would go nuts i would go crazy but it 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 can feel a little ham-fisted at times him too is a cool snare interlude um Judas Priest, not to be confused with the band, though from what I know it is dedicated to them. Um, yeah. Crawl, started standard 2011 slow modern metal track. Uh, the Constant has some cool sleazy riffage, but it, it, again, it just feels a little bit generic for me when I come to Anthrax. Because um, that's the thing, I either come to Anthrax for thrash or I come to them for groove. And the thing is, this has such an equal measure that it almost cancels each other out, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, like, it, for, for me, that's why that I'm probably going to take the strongest tracks from Worship Music and For All Kings and just make a really cool, short, concise, ultimate thrasher with mm. what I can piece together from those. Um uh, where was I? Revolution Screams has some cool parts in it. it. This album started real strong, but my interest began to wane when it got a little bit too, you know, uh, appeal to the younger crowd kind of at points. Because for me, it, it came off very trendy for the time, middle of the road, modern metal. Like, 
but there is an EP's worth of gnarly shit on this album, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That, this, that, that's great. I, 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 I love hearing this like different perspective on these things because um, – <laughs> Like I have, I have my my small gripes about that album. Like I said earlier, but that's not my number eleven. Um, uh, my number eleven is uh, the nineteen ninety eight album Volume Eight. The threat is real. Um, this this hasn't changed. I believe this was dead last in my my old ranking that I did. Um, and um, for the same old reasons. So I'm going to go back into them. For those of you who've heard them before, I'm sorry. Um, this album to me is the most inconsistent album they did. Mm. It doesn't seem like a cohesive thing. It's it's got a lot of songs. Half of the songs are really fucking good. Like there are some songs that I absolutely love on this album. Yeah. And then the other ones are ones that are not quite there. And I don't know what it is that could have I think probably because they were sticking so much with trying to be more it's hard to explain what it is. It's like, it's like there's a, it's an, it's an aggressive quality while still trying to be melodic, but it feels uh, like they're, they overplay their, their hand, I guess. Is that a term? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a heavy handed uh, album and they could have easily cut out like a handful of tracks and made it shorter or just worked a little longer on beefing up some of these songs because they, they, it's like there's not enough meat in some of these songs. They're they're heavy and they've got cool riffs, yeah. but then you walk away with that being the only thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it just feels like it's kind of all over the place. And um, it's also it's it's a weird album for the time too because it, it's the only. It, well, I guess it's not the only one, but it's the but it's one of the two where they didn't really have a full lineup of the band. Um, yeah, they've got other people playing leads like the, uh, Paul Crook, Paul Crook was a guy that actually toured with Anthrax as their touring guitar player from like 95 to the early two thousands. And, um, he plays some leads on this, um, obviously like Charlie and Scott and I think Dimebags on a song or two on here. And, um, um, I, like I like this, I feel the way about volume eight that you were just talking about worship music where I feel like I could make like a six song killer fucking album out of this. Yeah. And, um, and the rest of it's not bad. Um, it's, it's, it's got a, it's got a good energy to it, but it's like comparing it to all of the other albums that Anthrax has done. This is the one where I, I find myself kind of checking my watch. Like how long has this been on? Yeah. Like, Cause it's like, <laughs> like an, hour, it's an hour in length, isn't it? It's one of the longest ones. I believe so, and then not only that, like I think a, a you know a version you get now, like on on the internet, I think it's got extra songs on it too. Yeah, like cover songs and shit. But um, yeah, it's it's a good album, but it 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 to me it feels the most like they were kind of transitioning, like, like didn't really know where to go. And I absolutely get it because they had they had been on Electra and gotten kicked off Electra. Yeah, and um, they were kind of in this limbo period. Where it's like not only not only was the band in limbo, but like metal in general in 1998, like it was corn and and you know things yeah. like that. And um, I can understand it being a really tough time and being like, well, where the fuck do we fit in here? And um, so uh, so I but I hear a lot of that when I hear the album. 
Um, although there, there, there's some cool shit on it, but not enough to, to uh, move it up the ranks at all. So that's why it's my number 11. Cool. Uh, my number 10 is Four Old Kings. Oh, all right. You just knock knock these two these two recent <laughs> albums <Yeah>. to the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Was a tricky thing for me to do because I was kind of like I I don't want to be that. See, that's the distinction I made at the start. I'm not shitting on these, but yeah. it's it's that I like everything else just that little bit more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, you, you got to believe is a cool thrash groove opener. Uh, a monster at the end is a chuggy, chuggy good one uh, for all kings. Joey gets to show off his vocals. You know, th- this album, he gets more um, mel- melodic stuff to play around with. So he can really show off his vocals in a way that he was intended to sing them. Um, Breathing Lightning is an anthemic song. Really cool. Um, Suzerain. Is it Suzerain? Suzerain. I don't yeah. even know what it fucking means, but yeah, I, I love that song. Cool. I, I just didn't want to be the, the only, I didn't want to be the only one. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool track. Um, Evil Twin has Benante doing the anthrax beat, leading with the snare, the couple, 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 couple. Yeah. Um, there's an awesome Slayer-esque breakdown in there too with that like Dave Lombardo beat and the... Yeah. Um, Blood Eagle Wings is a big sprawling track. Now, here's where things kicked up a notch for me because the reason I put this album above worship music is that I went into this expecting it to be the same as worship music. And then towards the end, they really kick up the intensity with the thrashiness of these last few tracks for the most part. Defend Avenge. I was very impressed by this track, like really groovy, really heavy, cool thrashy one. All of them thieves. This one's awesome too. Caught me off guard. Um, this uh, this battle chose us is all right, but zero tolerance. Full on yeah. thrash outro song. Like had these albums had a bit more of that on it, they would be higher. But yeah, and it, it's not so much that I want every song to be a thrash song. But I'd like an album of like ten plus tracks from a the big four of thrash band. When they say they're gonna do do a thrash thing, I'd like for more than two songs to be thrash. Well, they songs did, well there. they didn't on the, no, you know, on this particular album. I suppose it's kind of the media and the fan base's fault for hyping it up i mean wrong. i mean if you yeah. you could you could literally the exact thing that you're saying you could put that on all of the recent albums by megadeth and metallica you have a fair like, point yeah they've all just become metal bands mm. and the the all the people that are like it's a return to thrash they're always talking about one or two tracks or yeah. or at best just a few riffs here and mm. there um, yeah, that's so that's probably good. why it doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I would prefer that. I love thrash metal, but I love old school thrash metal. And yeah. when the when these bands branch out and do other things, now that they're older, I'm like, I kind of like this better because I feel like it's more honest. And, yeah, you know there there are certain bands I'm not going to name them because I don't want to piss people off that are <laughs> that that put out new albums 
And it's literally just them doing, going through the motions and doing the same shit because they're supposed to be doing thrash. And to me, I just go, great, great job, guys. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but that's just me as a fan, you know? There's only so many times you can go. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, like I say, it doesn't really take me to the breakneck headbanging mood of the eighties or the bouncy groove of the Bush era. But, you know, I think with time, these will grow on me and I'll kind of, you know, not, not so much learn to love them, but might analyze them more in the way that they were kind of intended. Yeah. And, and just remember when the new Anthrax album comes, which hopefully will be in 2022, um, in interviews, they are saying it's very angry and very aggressive, but don't let them fool you <laughs> because it will have some of that on it. And then probably some of it. I mean, if they pull out a full on aggressive album that doesn't let up, I'm going to be like, well, good on you, I guess, you know, yeah. you know at this point they've earned it. Like if they want to have fun and be fast and aggressive for an album. Yeah. Great. Let's, let's hear what you can do. And with the um, last two years, I don't think anyone will blame them. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not at all. Um, cool. Well then let's move on to my number 10, which I, I like how this worked out because we're literally going to go all the way to the complete other end of their discography. And my number 10 is fistful of metal. Wow. From 1984. Okay. Um, I know this isn't a really, this was probably a controversial placement for people that have venom patches on their battle vests. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the, every, every time like there's that, there's the anthrax discussion, like, you know, you know, I prefer John Bush. I prefer Joey Belladonna. Cool. There's always that one dude that's like, I like fistful of metal. Uh-huh. And like, Once again, we're very proud of you. anyway so this so let me first off like obviously this is a very important album it's the debut anthrax album yeah um the only that has the only one that has neil turbin on vocals i honestly don't have any problem with neil turbin's vocals i i've always thought he sounds a little bit like a cross between uh paul stanley and bruce dickinson like if you put those two dudes together he kind of sounds because sometimes he sounds like paul stanley to me in some of his delivery. Yeah. And, um, but, um, and there's classic songs on here. You know, I love metal thrashing mad. I prefer it when Joey Belladonna sings it, but you know, um, I feel like if, if, if I had heard this album when it came out and was really into it, I'd probably feel differently about it. Mm. Um, but once again, that, I think that would be a personal choice. Just, just listening to it as an anthrax album, it doesn't sound like an anthrax album. It's got some anthraxy yeah. songs. It's got a whole bunch of songs that sound like a bunch of different bands. Well, that's from the that's time. the that's the distinction I kind of make with this album is that even though like the term thrashing is in one of the tracks, I would call this more of a speed metal album than it is yeah. a thrash metal album. Cuz like it's it's got the, you know, it's got the speed obviously, but it's a lot more yeah. melodic and new wave of british heavy metal influenced in its totally. you know, in its guitar work it's just it's made it on crack so like yeah when you get to um the next album that's when i would say they start doing thrash proper yeah so, yeah yeah and then and and i know and also this is the only album that has dan Lilker on bass yes um who would later go on and 
and do nuclear assaults and brutal truth and you know you name it like he's he's been involved in a lot of cool shit um but yeah, this is a classic album, and it's fun to put on when I when I want to have that '80s metal sound. Yeah, it 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 is it sounds exactly like you could just say '80s metal and play this album. I'd be like, that, that sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fun album. It's got some cool shit on it. And and as an Anthrax fan, it's very enjoyable to me because I I like to hear where they started. Um, but I think we've had this discussion before about the 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 big four debut albums like this is my least favorite of the big four debut albums i i you know I, I'll, I'll go to the other three before i'll go to fistful of metal which is funny because anthrax is one of my favorite bands but um this one just doesn't give me what i want from anthrax it's yeah. more of a i got to be in the mood for this particular thing if i'm in the mood for anthrax i don't go to this album but um it's great at this point it's a piece of history and um um perfectly enjoyable album and uh that's really all i all i have to say that's my number 10 that's all i have to say about that <laughs> cool uh my number 9 is stomp 442 okay this is this is this is not controversial i think a lot of people don't like this album well that's the thing i like it but I think it has an issue, and that is it kind of evolved from the previous album the wrong way. So it kind of like it, <laughs> it, it, it was at a fork in the road and it went it went down the the other path it perhaps maybe could have to make it better. And I, th- I think that comes down to they it kind of sticks to one vibe. It has its down-tuned driving rocker, post-grunge aesthetic, and then it rarely deviates from that all the way through. Um, So you get Random Acts of Senseless Violence, groovy opener, Fueled is a fun song. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is a hard rocking track. King-sized, the riffage is killer. Riding in Shotgun, again, driving kind of song up-tempo blast of mid-90s hard rock perpetual motion it's at this point at the time of writing this i feel as though this album has a vibe and it's not deviating far from many of the other tracks like i like i said um in a zone now there is some pantera influence on on this one and is that one of the tracks where dime plays guitar does he play guitar on song 442 i'm not sure i think he does on one um it, it might be that then it it, it might be i'm, I'm yeah uh <laughs> it could, i know, could I know that I, I as far as i know a lot of the a lot of the leads once again are charlie and then some by paul crook who would end up being the their their touring guitar player yeah there might be D- a dime bag on there yeah dime actually did a lot of guest solos on a lot of albums like there's one yeah. on a nickelback album <laughs> yeah which is i mean that's that that's that's the thing that that like I always thought was really funny is that so many people jump on Nickelback as being this horrible band. Yeah. And I always want to like remind everybody, Hey, your favorite bands are probably friends with them. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and they probably think they're fine. You know, it's like, cause they, cause that's the thing I've heard is like all these bands, they're all, yeah. apparently Nickelback are cool dudes. Well, <laughs> you know? They're all that, friends with them. 
Well, there's that part in that episode of um, Metal Evolution where you know Jerry Cantrell walks out on stage and does a song with Nickelback, and it's like, yeah. Yeah. you know, if it, in my eyes, if Jerry says something's okay, I'm fine with it. <laughs> once once again, I know so little Nickelback. I, my my opinion, I'm never gonna jump on the bandwagon opinion of like they were fucking awful because I think I've heard three songs. Yeah, so I don't really, I can't say much. I think it's anyway uh, back to it. <laughs> back it's to stop. It's 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 popular to hate them because they're popular, but uh, yeah, that that's, that's 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 never been me. So yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway, where, where was I? We got uh, nothing, which is uh, post grungy kind of track. Now that one that one's always been interesting to me because it's in a major key. Yeah, like the the riff is very not all of it, but like that main riff. If you play it in a different way, it's like a pop punk riff yeah <laughs> you know the chord progression anyway that's the, that's the interesting thing about this album is that you know it it found something else they could do it just did a little bit much of it and uh you get to american pompeii now here and again it's not as egregious as the last time i mentioned it because the last time i mentioned this analogy i was talking about sonic boom by kiss this is not <laughs> this this is not that bad, but I do get a certain manly reality TV show about cars and or fast food joint vibes from some of the moments on this record. Like I'm waiting for <laughs> I'm literally waiting for Guy Fieri to jump out and say, Diners, drive-ins and dives. <laughs> um, but that that's just how I would describe this album. You know, it's it's very meat and potatoes you could learn the riffs on this album real easy like accessible to guys that just want riffs um drop the ball yep. uh, there's some new metal edge to this one and you know the breakdown in the middle of that is noise um tester uh, a rather up-tempo bad boy and bear is uh, a heartfelt acoustic ballad at the end of this very driving anth- uh, album. It's a cool album, yeah. but it has its flaws, and that's why for me it it, it sits down here. This is, I lo- I love these kind of rankings because like we really only matched up with the Latin with the last one. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, my number nine. Um, once again, I, I'm staying in the relatively the same area, at least with you this time. Uh, my number nine is the 2003 album, We've Come For You All. The okay. last with John Bush on vocals. And the f- first, yeah, the first with Rob Caggiano on guitar, um, who was in the band for, you know, two albums, well, three albums worth, I guess, technically. Um, no, two Two albums worth. Fuck, I don't know. Anyway, he <laughs> plays on We've Come For You All. And um, so this one ends up in the second half at number nine, um, mostly because of the amount of songs that aren't that great. Because um, yeah. overall, the album sounds really good. Production-wise, this album sounds really good. And it's got some amazing tracks on it. So... You know, especially when you're talking about um, the fucking what's the what's the opening track on "We've Come for You All"? It's um, "What Doesn't Die." 
Um, yeah. that's, that's a, that's a really great opener. And then it's got shit like superhero and safe home and, and a lot of these really, to me, like really well-written songs. Yeah. And then, especially in the second half of the album, there are songs that are real kind of weak and, um, has nothing to do with the performances because the performances are all great. It's all songwriting wise that turns me off. And it's only because there are some songs that are so great and the other ones are so, uh, that it's like, mm. it's a very, it, to me, it's a very uneven album. And, um, I just want more out of it when, every time I listen to it. And over the years I've gone back several times to re-listen to, to, to it and, and, and listen to the tracks that I think are underwhelming and they just remain underwhelming. And, mm. um, like I said before, I made that gripe about the unnecessary blast beats. Everyone's everyone's always just like, "Man, Block Dolly <laughs> is such a fucking great song." I'm like, "Is it really? Uh, <laughs> it's not really." They um, do feel pretty uh, thrown in. And so, yeah, it, it's crap. it's a, it's <laughs> yeah, it's just an unnecessary blast beat, and then the chorus is just Black Dolly is in my head. Black Dolly is in my head. I'm like, all right. and it's just and i and i I mean the song the songs i mean as as an album listening to it i don't skip it because it's it's still a good song but comparatively speaking to other stuff they've done i'm all like come on man it's like and there's a few (laughs) songs like that where i just go it's not really that that well written um but some of them are some of them are great and uh and and you even and honest and you even get um uh, Mr. Keanu Reeves in the music video for Safe Home, and how fucking cool is that? That's um, awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is pre. I mean, it's pre John Wick, you know, but post Matrix. So he was, you know, he was a celebrity. Mm. So, um, but that's cool. But uh, but yeah, so I, I like things about this album a lot. I like the album cover, very cool. Um, I believe the 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 uh, comic book artist Alex Ross. I think he also did. I think he's done every cover since then. I think he did worship music and he did for all Kings. Um, and I like all of those album covers and so cool. St- stick with the guy, you know, it's like, it's like the guy that Maiden stuck with for a really long time. Like that guy, you know, all of his album covers are fucking great. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, the overall as an album, like it ends up here just because like, like I said, the unevenness of like, it sounds like a cohesive album, and everything sounds great, but it, it just has too many of those moments where I go, man, this song, they should have taken a few more passes at it or or added a different part or worked on that chorus a little bit because there's there's just some weak moments here. But um, st- I mean, it's still a fucking solid album. Like, you know, it's like I, I can't, you know, all my complaints are just me trying to explain my ranking <laughs> because, <laughs> because normally if somebody said, you know, you want to listen to we, We've Come For You All, I'd be like, fuck yeah. And so it's, you know, but yeah. <laughs> here in this context, I got to go, what are the things that I, I can, I can nitpick about? Um, and so the nitpicking, you know, the amount of nitpicking ended up putting it here at number nine. Um, moving cool. on to our number eight. Cool. So my number eight is volume eight. The thread is real. 
I'm, I'm, I was waiting. I was waiting for you to say something, but you were oh. clearly drinking. What, yeah. what was I? <laughs> I? I don't know. You just looked like you were going to say something. You were nodding I was, along. And then... I was. Uh, I was. Uh, uh, there was a part of me in my head that I thought you were going to say volume eight colon. The threat is real. Oh, okay. Hang on. <laughs> my number eight is volume eight colon. The threat is real. There you go. <laughs> so uh, th- this one to me. Sits above Stomp 442 for one reason, and that is it's more adventurous. There is a lot more risk-taking going on. There's wildly different songs on it. Sure, that might sacrifice a little bit of cohesion, but on the flip side, it's sonically a roller coaster. So with that, you got Crush which is this busy chunk of percussive groove metal perfection. Like, that is a really cool song. Great, great song. Um, For, I think the, I think the could, first, like, three tracks on this album are fucking killer. Like, it starts off really strong. Yeah, like, you get Catharsis, which is kind of a, a funky, hard-rocking 90s anthrax type thing. Yeah. Inside Out, fuck me, Inside Out is a groovy song. Yep. Um, P&V... Uh, stomping hard rocker. Uh, 604 is this like really fast, short, concise punk track. Um, then you get Toast to the et- Extras, which is this like southern rock kind of thing, which yeah. is like, holy fuck, where did that come from? And, you know, it, I, I like that because I it kind of did a similar thing to what RV does on Angel Dust, where it's like so out of the fucking blue, but... It, it's, I kind of like what it does. It is one. It time. is one of those tracks by them, though, that I like the idea of it more than I like the actual song. Like I wish, yeah. I wish they had <laughs> taken that style and done a better song with it. But yeah, you know, it is what mm. it is. But then you get "Born Again Idiot," which sounds like just a punkier Pantera at points, and you know the slide-in guitar riffs in that killer track. Uh, "Killing Box" is a cool song. "Harm's Way." The opening line to Harm's Way, like, here comes the biggest asshole the world has ever seen. It should play whenever I see someone I don't like. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the, uh, I put here in my, um, I put here on my notes, Hogtide, and then like a big line of ellipsis dots. And then I put, oh yeah, this was during the new metal era, wasn't it? <laughs> then you get Big Fat, which is a big fat groover. Uh, Cup of Joe is a silly, fun short thingy um alpha male is totally 90s alt rock through a metal rig stealing from a thief love this song big vocals big slow groovy chord progression pieces could have been a mid 90s stone temple pilots track it there's again like i say this this album is just way more adventurous than its predecessor if even if it is that yeah even, yeah, even if it is a little bit, uh, it also like it. There was a vibe around Stomp Four Four Two, like they they didn't use the logo, their classic logo, because the the company told them not to. And I looked into, you know, I think there was a, and it, in, it was an interview with Charlie Benante, and he said something along the lines of, "I have fond memories of Volume Eight because." Um, we had more freedom, whereas Stomp 442 was very 
by the numbers kind of. Yeah. So he didn't like that one as much. And I can, I can kind of hear that. Um, so yeah, volume eight is number eight in a nice little turn of, turn of events there. I, I, I feel like you, you go through the, the songs. I was like, maybe I was a little harsh on that album, but I still, I'm still happy with where I put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because at the end of the day, like I'm fans of all of these albums m- minus greater of two evils. Um, but uh, we're, now we're gonna. I'm gonna touch on one you already talked about. My number eight is Worship Music from 2011. Okay. Cool. Now, now th- there was a big buildup to this album for me because yeah. I never got to get a brand new Joey Don- Joey Belladonna album when I first became a fan. Like I, I, I got into them, and it was, and I think it was probably right after Persistence of Time had come out. So of course I yeah. got you know I get Attack of the Killer Bees you know that's great and all, but um, I had waited you know however many years it was between that and and worship music, and all of a sudden oh I get a new Joey Belladonna Anthrax album so I was very excited yeah. about it, and um, and I remember going to see like I think it was it was before this album came out but they when they did the big four concerts, and I went to go see like the live broadcast in the theater. Um, yeah. Which I think I may have talked about before, because I always like yeah. to point out that Dave Mustaine completely re-recorded his vocals <laughs> on, yeah, the D- I, I, on the I DVD version. Talking about it, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I just was so excited to see Anthrax up there with Joey. Like it just, and I know they had already done a tour, like a reunion tour with Dan Spitz, you know, a few years prior. But I didn't get to see that, and you know, um, this was just cool. I, I was very happy that they were that they were back together. So when this album came out, it was a big deal. And then when they, I think the first song they released was fight them till you can't. And, um, I was like, yeah. wow, this is fucking cool. It's a great song. Um, so I was really excited about this when it came out, but I told you like my, my gripe about the album when it came out was I liked a lot of the songs a lot immediately, immediately. And I loved Joey's performance, but, um, I felt like they were trying to, cater to a lot of different people at the same time um yeah with the, with the album and on top of that like some of it does feel like music that wasn't written for joey and and that's because we, we we can speak his name uh dan nelson was supposed to be the vocalist at one point and it's mm-hmm. so weird that whole thing with dan nelson because i remember when they announced that dan nelson was their vocalist and then I don't know if they if they put it out there or if somebody on the internet, you know, early days of YouTube put out a video of a live performance that had Dan Nelson doing songs and I just went, "Oh no." <laughs> I was just like, "No. W- what are they doing?" So I was I was prepared at that point to just sever my ties with Anthrax altogether and just be like, "You guys have fun, yeah. but I don't know I don't know what the fuck you're doing with this dude. And um, so I wasn't on board. And the, all the stories that you hear, like whenever you hear an interview, when they talk about Dan Nelson, it's always the most tiptoeing around the issue. It's always like, <laughs> you know, it just, that was a difficult time, like for everybody. And they, 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 and I don't even think they will say his name. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> so I'm like, there's a part of me that goes, Who, who's the asshole here? Was Dan, was Dan Nelson the asshole? <laughs> or is Scotty in or, or Charlie Bonante? Are they the assholes? 
um, or maybe both, maybe everybody's an asshole in this particular thing. Um, you hear varying uh, reports on all of those things. But it was just interesting to me. All of a sudden, they just went, ah, fuck that guy. And as far as I know, they had recorded all of the vocals for this album. Oh, shit. And that's what I've heard anyway. And then they got rid of all the vocals. Originally, I think they were trying to get John Bush to come back to sing on this album. And he came yeah. back for a few concerts and then he said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this shit anymore. Um, which I think, honestly, I think that was a good choice because he got to go back to Armored Saint full time. And I, I think I like, I like him in Armored Saint. Um, I liked him in Anthrax too, but it just seemed like this was a change that needed to happen. And so of course they go to Joey yeah. and it's almost like that was the only option. I don't know if that was the only option they had or the best option they had. And the the uh, the big four shows maybe were a catalyst in that whole thing happening, but e- either way, whatever differences they had between them, they they had to squash those and just be like, "Oh look, we're going to be in a band together again," which is which I don't I don't know the the ins and outs of how they get along with each other, but as a fan, I was just like, "Fucking a, this is all I've been asking you to do for years." Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> just bring Joey back. So the album comes out, and 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 I like it, but um, but there are those little things. Like some of it feels a little awkward, some of it's a little bit too middle of the road kind of stuff. But I think a good amount of it are songs that, especially as the years have gone on, like I really, really, really like. Like songs like the Giant, um, and um, even Judas Priest. Like those songs are all songs that like, you know, I hear again and I go, yeah, this is really fucking good. And, and to be honest, a big thing I like about it is Joey's voice because his kind of matured older guy, Joey Belladonna performance. It's just, he sounds really great to me. Um, Mm. He's one of those few singers that they don't have to play any of their songs in a lower key. Whereas when John Bush was in the band, they had to play all those old songs in lower keys. And occasionally yeah. playing songs in lower keys, I lose the fucking song. Somebody recently posted um, a concert that just happened, a, a Megadeth concert, and they're, they're playing Hangar 18. And then they get to the end part, and it shifts to like that different part with all the solos. And it's, yeah. because it's in such a low key, I go what fucking song is this? <laughs> like, what yeah. are they even playing? <laughs> and so at that point, I'm like, just just don't play the song anymore. If you got to go that low, <laughs> just don't play it. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, but um, so yeah, so like I like the fact that like even now, like the, the, the recent like, you know, anniversary concert that Anthrax did, you listen to it, like they play the songs all in the, all in the same fucking key they were played back in the day. And Joey nails it. In some cases, better than he did in the 80s and early 90s. Mm. Um, so I love his voice on this album. And it, it it does have its little things that I go, eh, it, it's not amazing. But um, it was an important album for me because I loved it when it came out. And it brought back my favorite vocalist with one of my favorite bands. And so um, it's got a special place in my heart. But I, it it didn't wind up any higher than eight because it's not it's not perfect. So um yeah. Uh, so yeah there there you go worship music on to our la- on to our last album of part 1 of this uh Anthrax ex- ex- Anthravaganza Anthravag- I tried to make a yeah. thing happen and it didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> Anthraxaganza 
It's like, like yeah, no, it's like a, it's like, it sounds like a you go to you go to one of those cool dispensaries that they don't have in Texas, unfortunately, because our state is <laughs> fucked in several ways. Um, but uh, you know, you would go. Can I get some of that anthrax ganja? <laughs> you know that that's going to end up happening. Who doesn't have weed? Yeah. who doesn't have a weird strain of weed out there now? <laughs> oh man, you call it the big four leaves. Like, <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> just have just have like a metal band themed. But the thing is, all of the Black Sabbath references would just stay the same. <laughs> cl- clearly, clearly, if if Anthrax puts out um, their own weed, it's got to just be called State of Euphoria. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> smoke, <laughs> s- smoke of Euphoria, or uh, or among the stoned. <laughs> 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 Lung full of metal. <laughs> oh, that's pretty. That's pretty damn good. Smoke four four two. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke four twenty. Ah, oh, there we go. Hey. There we go. But that. But that. You've gotten rid of so much of the actual title. People are like, what does that even mean? For Smoke four twenty. Hey. I mean, you could call it Stomp four twenty. That'd be. That'd be fun. Oh, okay. I, I, I think I'm kind of okay with that. Anyway, yeah, all right. We're, we we digress. If if anthrax weed, if anthrax if, if anthrax comes out with some weed and it's any of those names I'm gonna be like those motherfuckers owe me some money they were watching yep. our episode Ro- royalties yeah we did the hard work <laughs> for you oh uh, um so number yeah seven. my number my n- number seven number seven wake up Eddie um uh, we've come for you all is my number seven sweet okay so um I was pleasantly surprised with this album. Um, it has its early 2000s hallmarks, but it doesn't fully succumb to them. So there's still a really cool groove metal done right vibe yeah. on this album for me. Um, so you get Contact, which is a hype intro to What Doesn't Die, which sounds like they've got their direction back on this on this album. They've... Six years, uh, five years, sorry, have passed since the last one, and they they sound like they not so much know what they're doing, but have much more of an idea of what they want. Um, yeah. Refuse to be the oh, sorry, uh, superhero, two thousand three era groove metal done right. Uh, refuse to be denied. This is big groovy fucker, big Pantera influence on that one. Yeah. Safe Home is their crack at an alternative rock half ballad, and it's a good one. Yeah. Um, Any Place But Here is is more alt hard rock vibes. That's a great coming. song, too. The, yeah. not, not, going through the songs in order like this, I'm all like, yeah, that this album is front-loaded with the best shit, and then it takes, mm. for me, it takes a turn, and probably about right here. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. You get, nobody Knows Anything, which is an up-tempo blast of, of oh, energy. I like that one. Uh, Strap it on. I really like Strap it on. Gives me Alice in Chains vibes at points and has a killer Dimebag solo in it. Mm-hmm. I will agree, Black Dahlia is a bit of a mess. <laughs> it's um, groove metal with inexplicable black metal sections. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it it just it fucking completely turns. Uh, hey, we're we're doing kind of a a groove metal thing. Oh, we're mayhem for the next ten seconds. Oh, look, we're doing groove metal again. And yeah, you get uh, Cadillac Rockbox, which is a fun song. Taking the music back as a tune. 
Uh, That's got Roger Daltrey on it. It does, um, which is awesome. I want to know. Uh, I want to know. I want to know what that conversation was like because they got Robert, Roger Daltrey to be in it, and he does one of his famous yeah, like yells in it. Yeah, and I'm all like, <laughs> like, how long did it take him to get the courage to be like, okay, Roger, look. We, I, we love that you're here, but everybody just, just wants to hear the yeah, okay? Can you yeah. do that at some point? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you get Crash, which is an uh, interlude kind of thing. Think About the End is a fun groover. And then the title track, We've Come For You All, is a is a good closer. I, I like how this album sounds and yeah. the songwriting on it, granted. It does take a little bit of a dip in side B, but I think it picks up towards the last couple tracks. Um, yeah, this is a good middle ground Anthrax album. Sweet. Um, I like it a lot. For, for my number seven, wrapping up this episode, we're going to remain right here in the John Bush era. My number seven is Stomp 442 from 1995. Ah. Um, um, uh, the top of my, of my lower half um, cool. So the things that you don't like about it are actually things that I do like about it. I like the fact mm. that it feels like a very cohesive statement. They don't. They had a. They had a vision of what they wanted this album to sound like, and that's exactly what it sounds like. It's not. Yeah. It's not all over the place. Um, you could say that for for the John Bush era, this is the most they had a mission, and they they delivered exactly this this thing um yeah i guess you could probably put sound of white noise in that category as well um but this one seems even more direct plus it's got it's more direct like yeah. literally random acts of senseless violence into stomp into uh to fueled like that is fucking insane like those it are is a great opener those are just both ridiculously good songs that are mm. heavy as fuck and i remember when this album came out and it was it was weird because it came out with like such little fanfare. Like I don't think mm. I saw a music video from it until YouTube years later, because it just yeah. it wasn't played on MTV, um, at least not that I saw. Um, and it was like it just sort of came out like oh oh here's a new Anthrax album okay cool. Um, but even at the time um, in 1995. The the whole metal world was weird, not just in the what bands were doing at the time, but also in my world with all of my friends. Because I was literally a kid who got into heavy music, got into metal, met all of these people that were into metal who all then decided they didn't like metal. And I was like, yeah, wait, what? And so by 1995... I was the only person that gave two shits that there was a new Anthrax album. Um, mm. And it's, that's, and that's honestly, that's probably a big reason why I don't have really have any friends now because I'm just like, is that what <laughs> happens when you have friends? You're all like, yeah, we're friends. We all like this shit. Wait, what? Why are you leaving? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so um, you could say maybe I'm very simple minded in that way. I don't really know. But um so when this album came out, it was it, I felt the same way about Anthrax because I liked what they were doing, but I go, do do are they uncomfortable with being metal now? And so that's why they're doing a more of a stripped down. It's like mm. a you know it's like a heavy alternative kind of thing, and that bums me out when any band is like they do some amazing shit and then they try to act like that's not really who we are. 
I'm like, well, it is, yeah. it is, it is who you are. <laughs> um, but over the years, this has become an album that like is just become one that I love so much. That's why I was so pissed off when the vinyl version of it that finally came out was a complete piece of shit. Um, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't sound awful. But it looks awful. Um, the, yeah, the packaging they kind of shit the bed on. Ooh, they did, and they won't acknowledge it. Nobody will acknowledge mm. it. Um, anyway. But I just think this is a great album and it's a great if you want some heavy, aggressive shit that is pretty stripped down. And you, like you said, you can learn the riffs off this album pretty quick. You know, it's it's yeah. uh you know, but it but I, I just like I like the whole groove aspect of it. And um it just, you know it it, it was sad at the time too, because all of a sudden Dan Spitz wasn't in the band and I always really enjoyed what Dan Spitz brought to anthrax to the leads and the solos and stuff. Um, and this one, once again, had Paul Crook, um, which I feel like that's, this is the most Paul Crook has been mentioned in anything about anthrax ever, (laughs) 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 but he was in the band for, you know, he just, he just didn't really, he he wasn't like a full member on any recording, but, Mm. um, it's, it's cool. Like it's one of those albums that just over the years has become one that I go, this is to me, very underrated, some people say that this is the worst thing that Anthrax put out, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't, mm. I don't agree with that at all. Um, but I do think it it did for a time. It may not anymore, but it did fall into that category of those albums that you were supposed to think was shit for whatever reason in order to, to, yeah. to prove your cred. Um, I have no cred, so therefore I don't care. Um, this is a, this is a great album, and that's why it, it rounds out the uh, bo- top of my bottom half of uh, the Anthrax ranking, Stomp 442. Um, this has been really interesting. Yeah. Because we're not we're not right with each other. We're not like, there's not, you know, because usually it almost seems like we're, we're really, really close to each other in a whole lot of albums. But yeah, with like maybe the odd one inexplicably way out, <laughs> you know. But. Although we, although we both, we both got rid of three, John Bush albums in this in this lower half. Yeah. So uh so clearly we agree on which one is the best John Bush album. <laughs> <laughs> um but we'll get to that on the next episode because uh we we're we're giving these we're giving this discography the uh attention it deserves just because like like I've said several times on this episode they're one of my favorite bands ever. And um so yeah. That's uh, that's uh, it's and so next 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 time it's going to be a way more of a love fest for me because um, yeah I, I honestly starting with Stomp four four two I don't really have any negatives about any of the albums I'm going to be talking about um, so uh, so yeah. yeah the next six are going to be a, a tour de force yeah <laughs> yeah going to be some cool shit so um so yeah um do you have any parting words for the lovely people in podcast world or in your face on YouTube before we go? Uh, this was a really fun one because I knew maybe three Anthrax albums really well. Mm-hmm. And the rest, I knew like one or two songs. And upon revisiting certain ones in particular, I was like, oh shit, this is on here. I forgot how good this is. So, But I've also found a bunch of... Um, you know, John Bush fronted stuff that I'd never heard. Yeah. That I will be revisiting, you know? That's the one thing but, that I think is important to say about 
John Bush and the John Bush era of anthrax is that sometimes that's what I'm in the mood for. And yeah, I, it's, and so, I, I, it's I, so different. I like the fact that they have these albums that have this different vibe. So it's almost like it's two, two bands, depending on how you're feeling. Well, I guess even, even yeah. if you want to talk about the more recent Joey Belladonna, that's even, that's even more its own kind of thing, I think. But I just like the fact that sometimes I just really want to hear something from the John Bush era because that's, that's the vibe I want. Um, yeah. and, and there's something to be said about that. Like even, you know, although, you know, comparatively speaking, you know, these have to get ordered in some kind of way, but sometimes, uh, a, a, a John Bush album is the only thing that'll do, you know? And so that's, that's how, um, yeah, that's how I feel about like kiss. If do I want seventies kiss or do I want eighties kiss? That's absolutely they, true. They both serve a purpose, you know. <laughs> I, I, so I, somebody online actually just posted uh, a Kiss concert from Austin near nearby me from like a few weeks ago, and oh, it was cool. and from real way up at the front. So I watched the majority of the thing, and I was, you know, they, it was fun. You know, they're they're old dudes mm. now, but the thing that I thought was so great was that they played tracks off of the off of eighties albums. Yeah. Like they didn't, they didn't do anything off Hot in the Shade or even Revenge. I don't think, but they played, mm. they played like you know, uh, 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 Heaven's on Fire and and stuff like that. And I was just nice. so I was because like I feel like all the all the more recent Kiss concerts I've seen, they they've totally shied away from doing any of that stuff. And so I'm like, well, that's cool. Even if you're giving me a few songs, thank you for acknowledging that that music is fun. <laughs> you know, I want to see him do my way. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! They gotta bust out a huge ass keyboard for that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, this is not this is not the Kiss ranking, but we already did the Kiss ranking, so uh, we can't we can't we save it for. Although that one was we, fucking we, fun, we can just do that again at some point. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking maybe at some point we could rank all of the uh, Kiss live albums, seeing as they're so they're so important to yeah, the that, Kiss legacy. That, that would, we that could would do be that. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, mm. Which I guess it ties in a little bit because Anthrax are huge Kiss fans. Well, at least Scott and Charlie are, and um, yeah, I guess uh, I guess Frank is too. I don't know, but um, Parasite Baby. Yeah, they've covered yeah. a couple uh, <laughs> of uh, uh, Kiss songs. Um, so that so there we see. I'm saying you know we we went off on a tangent, but it somehow relates to what we're talking about. We we're professionals, ladies and gentlemen. We are. So don't worry, we're gonna in, make sure you end up where you need to be. Um, so yes, thank you very much for listening or watching peanut butter platypus to, uh, all of you out there. Um, and yes, obviously next week will be anthrax, uh, part two and the um, love fest. Yeah. The love fest. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we're, we're here, we're here in, in my sweet spot, especially with thrash metal. Although we didn't talk about a whole lot of thrash in this episode. <laughs> it was, uh, we, 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 we saved it all for the next yeah, one. Yeah, we'll get to it in the next one. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> so that's it. So uh, uh, as usual, thank you very much for watching and listening. Um, if you're not already subscribed to Eddie Sparks' channel, do that. Um, do it. And, um, and keep, <laughs> Please. Keep, <laughs> keep, uh, keep adding your comments and stuff because it's, we, we like getting the feedback because it, 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 it's nice to know that people are watching and um, yeah. are digging what we're doing. We got a lot of good feedback about the video version of the last episode, so that's why we're going to keep doing these. 
um, yeah. on video. So, um, so yeah, that's it. Yeah, we did it. I beat I you to it I, this you, time. You did, but I, I was, I wanted to hear it. I just wanted to hear yeah. it happen. Um, I'll do my own now. <laughs> yeah, we did, we did it. it. Although we, we should, we should say never that for the next. more the whipping boy. <laughs> Um, we should say we should have saved that for the next episode because we because it'd be more like yeah we did half of it. <laughs> uh, next time we will have did all of it. Uh, anyway, all right, cool. So uh, that's all we got cool. for this episode of Cranked and Ranked. Thank you very much for watching. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to Mr. Edward Sparks to take us out. Later, dude. Let her do it. <laughs> <laughs> Noise. <laughs>